Golvavi Mishkan Evne, page Ayin Ches. The subject that we've reached is one that our entire existence as Jews and the whole tachlis of our being in this world depends on. To be megale, to reveal each and every one of us in, in ourselves, to reveal the nekuda pnimis, to reveal the inner point of our existence, of who we really are, which is Bonim Atam Hashem Alokeichem. We learned last time that Yisrael Salantis said that remarkable, that remarkable muscle that it happened, it didn't happen, it's not important, but what we learned from it is, is of great importance about the father and the son who didn't get along at all. The father was the Shiva, the son didn't get along at all. But the father had a Talmud who he, who he loved very deeply and they were very attached. The son and the father had grown apart. And there was a fire in the room and the question of the son and the beloved disciple that were in that room and only one could be saved, who would the father run to intuitively? Who would the father run to rescue? And Rabbi Sol said, of course, the son. That chibur that connection between the father and the son, even though in his conscious thoughts he's thinking about his Talmud, my, my Talmud, I love him, my son, you know, and Nachis and him are so different, we're so far apart, there's such a coldness in Mishkaf. There's such a coldness that's set in between us. My Talmud, my son, ah, two different worlds. My Talmud is my son. My son is not anybody that I'm close to. And yet when it comes time, God forbid, something, a fire, so the father, the Rashiva, automatically runs to rescue the son, because at that moment, without thought, because it's higher than thought, what's mezgala, what's revealed, is the nekuda hapnimis, that inner point of bonem atem, of this is my child, we're cut from the same stone, from the same mitzias, we're, we're one. Regardless of what a Jew does in his life and how he acts and what he thinks about in his conscious moments, regardless of that, there's a deeper hidden reality of Bonamatem Hashem That's the aside of our Muna. That's the foundation of our belief. The question is, how do we how do we get to that? How do we get to that? Now we know that there were Jews that were brought to that because they were brought to situations by force where they had to make a choice, either to either to disclaim their connection to God and to the Jewish people, or to die. There were Jews that were schlepped and were taken to such a place of discovering by force, blowing away the facade of this world that covers the Nakuda is the inner point, and 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 giving up even one's life, which was something that was not a rational conscious decision, it's just the reality of that unity between God and a Jew. The question of life in our lives, and that's why I said that everything depends on it, that's what we're learning, is how do we do that just like on a regular nice Tuesday or Wednesday? And how do you do that? Without God forbid it being this cataclysmic scary 
giving up of life, surrounded with tragedy and and so on. How do we how do we uncover the nekuda hapnimis? How do we get to that point of the nekuda hapnimis? That's what the that's what this parak is about. And Rav Schwartz discusses here the most effective way of doing that. We know that we need to peel away some layers because that the Kudapnimus is underneath that point. So this world is covering and separating each and every one of us from that inner point, just like the father, because of the arguments he had with his son and the differences that they have <coughs> in their hashkafas, whatever it might be, that there are coverings that that are concealing that nakuda of oneness between the father and the son. That reality of bonim atem is covered by the world. The world conceals and covers. That's why it's called the world. Eilam is, as you know, is in the word ne'elam, alim, which means to cover and conceal. That's what this world is. It's a covering. One of the most effective ways of unpeeling the self and getting to the nakuda atminus is taught by Chazal in the few but frightening words for the person who misunderstands them, the words are frightening. Shuv Return to Hashem. Think about this. That this could be the last day of your life. Not in a morbid way, as we're going to he's going to explain how I said already last time, but this is something that liberates and gives Givaldig Simcha. We spoke about this earlier. Last year when we were learning the Sefer. Shuv Yaim Echalufnaimisaskha. When a person when a person senses in a very, very deep and real way what Rav Schwartz calls the arayus of life, that how temporary, how passing, how unstable and unpredictable life is. When you talk to a person who two days ago was a picture of health and comes back from the doctor and got horrible, some horrible news that there's some crazy thing going on inside your body and we don't know what to do with it and uh, which you all know stories like me sit there shaking your head, but but I just I just spoke to him two days ago. I don't understand. I don't understand it. When that becomes a concrete reality, meaning when this world, when this world, the covering cracks, so then you could peek in and see the inner world of the self. Sometimes it cracks because it's shattered from the outside. The bad news from the doctor. Something got to the terrible happens in a family. It's cracked from the outside. That's chaval. That's terrible. We don't we don't want that to happen. We daven. We shouldn't happen. And it shouldn't happen to nature. So we have to find a way to crack through the shell from inside, not to wake God forbid, not just to go about. You know, to go about making believe that this is forever, and to forget about the nekuda pnimis until God forbid something happens from the outside. Because when Hashem's Bach sees that a person ignores the inner point and is refusing and refuses to crack the shell, then oftentimes the shell is cracked in different ways. Hashem Yachem. So this is our avodah. This is the beginning of the Avoida. It's not sad, it's not depressing, it's not morbid. It's honest, it's real, 
and it can bring you to the deepest part of who you are. And when you discover that part of who you are, you're not sad at all. You're not sad at all. We're on page Ayin Ches, in the middle of the page. Yivdai Kalecha Desatzma. Yivdai Kalecha Desatzma. Would each person check himself? Heim Mishu Mitano Kosov Tzavor. Did anybody write a Tzavor? A Tzavor means a will. Ulai Kain, maybe some people. They get married, get a little bit older, they sit down, they they write up a will. But if you haven't written a will, if you haven't written a will, then stop and think for a moment, why haven't you written one? For most of us the simple answer would be, you know, the few things that I have, you could you know, you could take, whatever. It's not it's not that complicated, you know, what uh, for many of us. But as life <coughs> becomes more involved, and many, many people don't think about that, and there are many people that don't want even, don't want to think about it. I don't know if there's something here. It's, 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 it's not making it. Sorry. So, a person, there are people that don't, don't want to think about it. They don't want to think about it. They don't want to think about a cemetery plot. There are people, if you say, if you ask, there are families where, you, where the subject is brought up, that's, you went, you went to a place you're not allowed to go. And, and so it is with anything that's associated with, with the end of life, including a will. Let's think for a moment, why, did, why didn't we write that will? Or why don't we think about that? Or why don't we, why don't we wonder about it? There was a whole discussion in the family recently about, about, like there was some, you know, you didn't always have to look for a, a good deal, right? It's a, it's part of our Messiah. So there was a, there was like a deal that came up in Israel, like in a bunch of plots in the cemetery. And this was like the big talk with all the brothers-in-law and like all the handling about, you know, this once in a lifetime, <laughs> once in a lifetime deal on some really beautiful plots in, uh, in Israel. And um, and and uh, there's something inside you that says you know, this. I, I don't want to talk about this. Just you know, whatever happens to me, the, 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 I try to help the kids out as much as I can. But this this will be one Indian I'll leave up to them. You know, like how to get rid of me. You know, I'll leave that up to them. There's something that inside of us, of course, resists that. We don't want to. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to think about it. <coughs> We know that people who are people who are dying, or people who are people who are, uh, know or have been told that their end is near, it's, it's obvious to them that they have to prepare their papers. So how come we don't think about such things or other such matters? It doesn't have to be a will, but other such uh, death-related inyanim. We, we 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 don't like to think about these things. The obvious answer to that is, we don't think that our lives are every single second in the hands of the Baruch Shalom, and the one who gives life 
uh, can, can take away life at any second. And even though we've seen this, it's not that everybody just lives till 120 and dies. We say, you know, we give a brach yishlo to 120. I never met anybody that did. But even if it's even if it's well on your way, there are many people that we know that that unfortunately haven't come even halfway or even a third. And and since we since we naturally shy away and are frightened, we don't think about how every single second is in the Rabbi Shalom's hand, in his hands, every single second. Hashem gives life and Hashem takes away life. I was just sitting in, I was sitting on, on, on Sunday with a, with a person, with a doctor's, with a, a woman, a young woman, with a child, with a doctor's, yeah. don't expect her yeah. to have much life, Khalil, in this world. A young woman with a sickness, and and a certain calm that's on her, that's upon her, I, I, I found to be very remarkable. Hashem is Moshe gave her a full Yeshua and Shavri Chazam, but it's 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 something that unless you're sitting next to a person like that, you try not to think about. It. When you're sitting with a person like that, you have to think about it. You're filled with two thoughts. One is I Shalom. Please write a new, write a new tzavod. Write something new for this person, not what the doctors are writing. Write something new. As one thought, and the second thought is, if it could happen to her, why can't it happen to anybody, including oneself? Hashem Yachin. I have no bigger schusim than she is, and that's, and that's, something that you can't help but think about. But you try not to. It's not a comfortable or comforting thought. But the emesis, <laughs> one moment of life is not mechaiv, does not obligate God to give you another moment of life. There's no chiv, there's no obligation. There's no deals that, that, that were made. The Sefer Eish is Chochma, Muvah B'Shem Sefer Kone, which is one of the early Kabbalists from, it's brought down from the earliest, earliest svarim that the basic, the most basic yisoid to do to do tshuva. This is this is a hard. This part of the, of the sefer is hard for us, and it's hard for us because we have a problem. Not because again there's anything depressing or morbid here. If, you, if you're going to take this in the wrong way, chasul shalom. So then it, would, it, it could cause you to feel sad. But it's nothing here that's sad. It's just, you, if you take it the right way, it's mamish the opposite. It has a very, very good and healthy effect upon us. But it's brought down that the beginning of tshuva is that a person should let go, should be messiahish in this world. It means to, to give up hope in. To give up hope. The, the word lehityayish, what does that mean? He explains. To be Messiahish means not to not to um, be focused on this world, not to have faith in life of this world, to be prepared to let go of this world. Our our investment in in, in physical life causes us to slip into the olam, into the helem, into the covering and concealment of the inner point 
for which we were created, which is to be attached to God. And therefore the beginning of one's overcoming the darkness of this world is by breaking and shattering the hold that physical life has over you. Somebody who is terminally ill, Hashem Yerachim, again we're talking about a person, but to begin with, there's taichin to a person. Somebody who, God forbid, is very sick. By nature, when you talk to a person like that, you you feel in a very strong way, you feel the ruchnius, you feel a strong spiritual energy coming from such a person, a very strong spiritual energy. The reason is obvious. And that person who, lo aleinu, is seriously ill, that person has already been misyayish to some degree, has let go, not God forbid to give up hope in, in, in being cured, but has let go of the, of, of that way of taking life for granted and being totally invested in life. So if you go over to that person who is terminally ill and you, and, and, uh, and you, and she says, to, she asks you, so what do you, what do you have planned for the next, uh, what do you have planned for this summer? So I'm, I'm planning to go to, 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 to Switzerland for a few days and then to go to some, uh, and on the way, you know, I, I'm going to go to the airport by way of, by way of Newark because there are big malls in New Jersey. So I'm going to try to go over there and I have this and I have this and I have that. The person who, who has only, who was told there are only 30 days to live can't even understand that language. Even though last summer she might have been, she might have been leading the, the march into the mall. But sadly, this summer it's different for her. And then she doesn't understand, she doesn't even understand the vocabulary of shallowness. She doesn't even hear the words of this world. It means nothing. That's how you're spending your time. But why can't you say, listen, honey, you're, you're the one that's sick. I'm fine. So I understand for you, you have other more important things to think about than shopping and traveling. Because I'm, I'm really sad. I don't mean to make you feel better, but you know, you were only given a month to live. But as far as I'm concerned, I, I plan on I plan on enjoying myself this summer. These are two different worlds. They're two different worlds. The the tragedy, of course, is that there's really no difference between the messias of one and the other, of what the truth is. Only in the person who has let go of the world, the truth is very clear that there are other things. Of the truth, and there are other things for which we were created. The person who is living buried under the rubbish of Eilam, of the world, that that person who is living in that place under the under the world, so that the person doesn't see the Nakuda, doesn't see the Nakuda just like in every cell story, where the father and the son don't have a shaykhs to each other far apart because there's a world that separates them. But when that world disappears because there's a fire in his son's room so that whole Indian of we had an argument, we had a fight, he said I said, they said, and all that and the, that, that all of a sudden disappears and then what are you left with? You're left with the Nakut HaTmimus of the father and the son, which is the Tachlis of life so the only way to get to that in that case was the fire when life, when life was was from, for that short time, life was in question so in order, in order for a person to get to that panemius, not the only way, but the most powerful and effective way, is to put one's life into question. 
to put one's life into 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 question, and to and to understand and to understand that every single second, every single second, a person's a person's in the branch of hands, and there's no v'schayvus from one moment to the next. That's what it means to be misyayish in this world. The case said nitan lisyayish. How could you be misyayish? You're at the height of your health. You know whatever it is. You're 21 years old, 22 years old. You're young. You're healthy. Maybe you just got married. You have a, there's a wonderful husband, wonderful wife. Then you have a beautiful child. Everything is. You got you just painted your house. Everything is shining and nice. You got a you got the best stroller on the on the block. And you got the you got the latest nicest shaitl, whatever it might be. How's a person like that supposed to be misyayish? What does it mean to be misyayish from the world? Sounds so depressing. It's not depressing. The most depressing, the most depressing is when a person is not misyayish from the world. Those are the most depressed people in the world. The ones, the ones who are not misyayish from the world. Like I said to you last time, but the tzaddikim say that the world is a very, very wonderful place for those who don't believe in it. But for those who believe in this world, meaning that's all they believe in, is this world, the world is not a good place. It's not a good place. We see this. Like Ibn Asa said, and all the tzaddikim say that the world is mala yisurim, is so filled with yisurim. Rabbi Nachman, I've mentioned many times over the years, Rabbi Nachman himself said that Mela, he said, in Olam Haba, they say there's an Olam Haba, there's an Indian of a world beyond this world. He says, I believe in such a thing. But he says, in Olam Haza, I don't believe in. I never saw, all I saw is Gehenna. When I look at this world, he says, Malay Sur. The people who buy into the world that's filled with Yisur. The people who are Messiahish from Olam Haza, filled with Simcha, filled with joy, filled with a reason to live. Even though it sounds like the opposite. You ask me, what's your what's your reason to live? Like we spoke about, my reason to live is that I didn't yet visit Scandinavia, so I have a reason to live. That's uh, that's very very sad. That's a world that's filled with yisur. But a person's reason to live is in the kudah tminis, which is the ultimate taiv, which is kivisilakim. The moment that you're messiahish from this world is the moment that you could experience true joy. And if you don't let go of this world, then your joy is always conditional. If the trip to Sweden worked out okay, then you had it, and it wasn't a bad trip. And everybody knows, everybody knows that memories are uh, are a lot sweeter than the reality that you were in. When we were we were to be in Israel this summer, and we we went, it was very hard for us to go. We took the we took our three uh, our three girls, the three that are in the house now. And it was we wanted them to see it just so, and, and my wife and I had been there many times. We lived it, and we wanted the girls. These girls hadn't been there. We wanted them to go, and um, you know the, the whole time, like the the the, the daddy, daddy, it's it's unbearably hot. We can't do this. We can't like walk up the like a thing to go to some places down. And it was like so much, so much sermon. I kept on saying to my wife, we were saying to each other. Right now, you know, you know how it is. Right now, like this is this doesn't look like it was Kedai this trip. But wait, when they look at the pictures and when they talk about how it was, when when we would come back from one of those days, one of those Tiyulim, and they were like, oh, I can't believe it's too hot. It's hot. 
why can't we you know, take a bus or can we just go to the stores? Why do you have to go to the, like, why do you have to see this and go? You know, even though they were, they were very, very good about it, they weren't like they were complaining because they, they knew that they better not. But, but, but then afterwards when I heard them like on the phone, with somebody, you know, they were talking, wow, we did this and we did that and it was loud like they were like, it was the most unbelievable thing. That's how it is. The Shasma but when a person is misyayish in this world, the moment that you're alive, not only later on when you're looking at pictures, and you're later on on the phone talking to a friend, but when you're in it, you're alive. When you're in it, you're filled with life and with simcha. If you're misyayish from the world, when you're, when, you're, when you're holding on to the world tight, meaning physical reality tight, and you're out of touch, with the Banamata Masham within the Kudatimis, then 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 you could be you could be in the, in the most beautiful place on earth. And you could be having the most unbelievable time. And it's not you're just waiting while you're there. Let's say people with the pictures, I talk about this a lot with the pictures, especially now that they have the phones themselves or cameras. It used to be that when I was a kid taking a picture like it was a big Indian, first of all the camera was like this big and heavy and it was an Indian like with a picture and you had to take it and put it in the thing and roll it and take, take it out and take it to the store. Now they have these, everything's a digital, this, and computer, and it's nothing. See, the way people take pictures, you ever see such a thing? They take an unbelievable amount of pictures. Because it's so, it's, it's with the picture. And I, I was always saying to the kids, you know what, why don't you put it down and, and be alive in this picture, instead of just taking pictures. In other words, live it. Don't just uh, show it to a friend when we get back to the stage. Be in the, be in the picture, be here. Be in it. Don't just look back on it. But that's that's a very very big avoid for a person. And if you if you're heavily invested into into the world of hell and of of concealment, it's very hard to do. That's that's why pictures are such a, a big thing. That pictures are very very harsh of a thing. Pictures and and, and, and and memorials, they're very harsh of a things. But museums, memorials, pictures. It's, these things are all la'acha amaisa. It's always la'acha amaisa. Speeches about grandma at the funeral, you know? Stuff like that. Like, la'acha amaisa. How did you feel when you were with Bubi? You know, when you were with him, Amish. You remember that? Don't color it. How were you when you were with her? Did you feel the schus of every moment that you spent with her? Or did you feel like she's repeating herself, here we go again? And I gotta take her here and do that. How did you feel when you were living with Bobby? Or Bobby, however you call her, grandma, Safta, whatever you like. How were you in that moment? How were you in that moment? It depends on this. Everything depends on this. If you're living within the Kudat Primus, the moment is alive. It's coming fresh from the Bari Eilam. Fresh from the Bari Eilam. Not like they make like Poland spring waters, all these bottles that I always believe it's such as some guy in the back of a someplace in the Bronx with a hose. But <laughs> but Bahamas, Bahamas, your mouth is your mouth is by the is by the earth where the water's coming up from the Vanshlan. In that place, that's where you receive. From the place of life itself, from the Bari himself, who's the Makarachaim, who was the source of all life. Not that you receive your life from all kinds of Kalim that it went through the whole city system. The whole the kids once had this when they were little. They had this. There's a series of books that I loved. I used to read with them. I don't remember. There was some. There was some teacher that would go like in this magic school bus. You know what I'm talking about? I don't remember. 
oh wow, it was a great. I used to, I used to, you know, I used to ask them, you want to do, you want to read that? <laughs> you know, I used to want to read that with them. I love, I love those books. So they had this thing about how water gets into your, into your house, and it was a trip on this. This was like this teacher that could take them on this bus, and they went into the, into the, you know, into the like the real tenemius of what was going on, and they went on this thing, and, and until the water got to the, to the house. So it's such a, a halach from the, where the water comes from, the Baruch Shalom, until, until it ends up in the sink. Akadekach, that people don't even want to use that water anymore. People don't, people don't want to use the water that comes straight from the thing. It's got all kinds of stuff in this. They have to put it, so they have to use other water and to filter and to whatever, boil it. They don't want to use the Baruch Shalom's water because the Baruch Shalom's water went through so many hands. That's what this world does to everything. This world spoils everything. It makes everything filled with bugs. And when you misyayish from this world, and you're able to connect to the Makar Achayim. You're able to put your mouth up against the place where the wood is coming from. Mamish. And it goes directly. Not, not a factory, not bottles that say on it, all natural, or this or that. And we'll run to different companies and trucks and things. But the M is the M is to drink from the Makar Achayim Baruchu. Ki imcha Makar Achayim That's the source of life. Kate said, Nitan will his yives. So how do how do you let go of this world? How do you let go? Because that's how you get yourself out of Avayas. Where do Avayas come from? Avayas come from you if you're taking the world very seriously. So something it's very tempting. When you when you take it very seriously, it's very tempting. And then and then afterwards you feel right away, after you do the Avayas, you feel, oh that wasn't real. When do you feel that something is real when you do something nice, right? When you do a mitzvah? When you help somebody, you do something, especially if it's with mysterious snappers, then you feel that was real. Wow, that was real. But how do you feel after you did, after God forbid you do a bad, a bad thing, a terrible affair, you feel like, that was so stupid. That wasn't real. It was just a dumb thing. It's true. It means because you were tricked, and you, went, and, and you weren't Messiah from Haram, and you, and you believed in the world. And the way it works with that is that the second after you, the second after you indulge in the world, then it becomes so clear to you that that's nothing. That's how you feel after very empty. After mitzvah, you feel full. Even if it was hard. The harder it was, the more full. Right? That's true. You know it's true. The harder the mitzvah was, the more full you feel. That's why Jews nowadays are not as happy as they used to be. Not always, but it's a cloud. They're not as happy. Because the mitzvahs are not hard to do anymore. Most of the mitzvahs are very easy to do. It's not like it used to be. Mitzvahs were hard to do. There are some that are hard to do, and when it's a hard mitzvah, and you really have to work for it, and it's mysterious nefesh, then that makes you very happy. But since the mitzvah is now come in a way that it's not so hard, it's not so hard, so then there's not that much pleasure in life, because the, the only true pleasure is, the, is when you taste of that other world, and you and you're up against the place. You put that, you put your, your mouth to the, to drink from the makar chayim, but it, but it, but the mitzvahs nowadays are not so hard. It's not hard to do this the way that it used to be. So therefore, when there's now the ikatan that a person really can taste the panemis is when you overcome the big tithe. That's a very harsher thing. There's no time that you taste life as much and you feel as alive as when you were being pulled like crazy, crazy to do a bad thing and you held yourself back and you didn't do it. That's when you feel alive. You know what I'm talking about if you've ever felt that. If you haven't been in that situation, if you haven't felt it, and it's hard to know what, what this means. But if you've ever felt that, that there was a big, 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 big taiva to do something that was terrible, and you 
and you scream no, and the whole world is pulling you into that, and you broke away from the world, then you feel alive. Achis, mamish. That's when you feel alive. Because when it comes to the missus, nowadays the missus became so simple, it's not... Even when it comes to, you know, we used to stand there, and I was just telling one of the guys that... You know what it was to get kosher hadasim for a lulav? You know what it was growing up? No, I'm not talking about 100 years ago, I'm not that old. But what it was to get kosher hadasim, I'm talking about 40 years ago, 30, 40 years ago, what it was to get hadasim. We used to stand by the tables, hours, going through going through a thousand hadasim to find kosher hadasim. Now it all comes in those little airtight plastics. You, know, you don't look at it, you, you, you don't look at anything. It just comes in the Aravis, Hadassim, Aravis, and then Erev Sukkis, you just open the plastic and you have your, have all Hadassim, Shalosh, and they make for the Hanukkah, and the whole thing we used to stand when, I, when my father still insists on doing it that way, with the cotton and preparing the wicks and so on. No, there's little, those eggshell things, and if it would take more than that, I mean, uh, this year already comes with a guy to do it. Like, you could hire a guy who comes, if you really have money, you could pay a guy who comes and he'll put it into the minority. So, it's not mitzvahs, but to be a misgarban and a veira, ooh, that's still hard. To overcome the itzah is very hard. So then you taste alive. <coughs> then you feel alive. The case of Nikon Siyayish. The surah of Shutash is Kanum, Odom Be'emes, Ayadesh, Azoh, Ayyama, Achim, Shlodachayim. It sounds strange, doesn't it? If you really, really felt and you thought that this could be my last day in life, that's how you really feel. That's when you would really feel alive. Even though you would say just the opposite. Oh, no. See, last day, you, why do you think it's such a horrible thought? Don't worry. You have many living. You can live a long life. Enjoy yourself. Go ahead. Have fun. So that sounds like alive. That's just the opposite. If you think that this could be your last day, that's when you taste life. We know that. Because then... You, then you think about what is life about, and you live life for what it's really about, not what you were buying into the marriage kind. If you would think like that, then everything would then everything would be everything would be mamish different. Everything would be different. If we would talk to people, we'd meet people who are who are sadly in that place between life and death, where their life is ebbing away. We would see that they have different feelings, different thoughts, different feelings. They wouldn't, they wouldn't be talking, sitting around, that, that person, who's a, we're talking about a mine, who's, who's about to leave the world, who only has a short time left to live, Apitav has only a short time left to live. They're talking about different things, thinking about different things. What are they talking and thinking about? Life. Real life. Keep us a little kid. God. Who your children really are. Who my wife really is. Who my husband really is. It's a different picture of life altogether. When, you, when, you're, not, when, you, when you're embracing this world and you buy into this world, you're sitting around and, and uh, talking. Talking. So learning about and Matzah Shabbos, they didn't this past Matzah Shabbos, are talking about the, the Kayach of Levad. Some of you were there. The Kayach of, of being alone, that avoid of Levad, what an avoid that is. Because there's no time that you're as alone as when you're in the grave. And there's no time as alone as that 
feeling that a person has when they're not in, when they're not in the world. That that sounds so scary and sad. And the opposite of that is what Rav Schwartz was describing when we told around to the Shabbos, is the way things are now where you can't be alone for a moment. You can't be alone for a moment. I'm sure you could leave in your will now that you you know you want to have a uh, Verizon hookup you know, after, you, after you die. Verizon to Verizon. Because, you know, after all, you spent millions of dollars, you gave them during, so maybe they'll have some sort of a deal that, that, that you could have, like, a, in the afterlife, you, you still can continue with your plan or something, because you, you, you were such a good customer all the years, so you'd be able to have text messaging going on and other stuff going on. But a person thinks that that's how it's going to be, but it's totally alone. It's completely and totally alone. It's levad. A person who's terrified to be alone in this world is terrified of the thought of being alone in the next world, after this world. The whole avoid of a person, the kaykh of a person, is levad. And and the person who, who can't be in that place holds on to and hangs on to all these kalim of communication for dear life. As I spoke about in the Shabbos, the people even walk around with it, holding it. The girls keep it in their pocketbooks. But you see guys that they that they, that they hold on to all day long. They hold on to it. Or, or the thing on the ear. That not, Ill, not only when they're driving. I understand you're driving because it's not safe to say when they drive. But even when they're walking among fellow human beings, they have, they're walking around with a thing in their ear. That, that a, a few years ago we have thought that's from outer space. A person sitting there like they're talking and there's a thing in his ear walking on the street. It's not like a, it's not like a human being to go like that. And, and, and this is, this is, this is, that there can't be a moment, there can't be a moment without the world, without the world at your fingertips. I had here in the Shia in the morning, we have every morning at the Chabur at 6 o'clock, so that we're talking about a certain tzaddik, and one of the fellows asked me, when did that tzaddik, when did that tzaddik die? And he said, you know, I said, I'm not sure, I said, the Erech, like whatever it was, 1850, and there's a bochet, and it's the and 10 seconds later, he said, 1843. So oh, that's pretty good. How do you know that? And he took out, he had his Blackberry. He was able to, like in 10 seconds, to do that. I don't know what, what website there is for Tzadikim like that. But he was able to find out, like, when, his, you know, when he died and his outside and everything, just like that. Person, a person... Who, who is told that he only has and he has a few days left, a few hours left to live, is not sitting uh, yapping away on the phone. He's not sitting like that yapping on the phone. And that's a decision that a person has to make. As many times as I say it, you know, it's hard for you to hear, it's hard for people to hear that these days. That the phone is a, it's just one example. If you only had, if we only had if you were told you only have a few days left to live, it wouldn't be that. It wouldn't be that way. It wouldn't be that way. That wouldn't be the choice of how to use it. Of how to use those days. And that's what this Arvada is about. Going into a place where you're alive for 120 years, but the way that you live is with that sense of urgency, of of that feeling of spending this time in a real way. Spending some of the way, and it comes to a point in a person's life, and a mature, intelligent Ayyad Hashem, which all of you are, and we try to be, you have to say to yourself and to the people that, that you care for, your friends, 
I'm only here for a short time. I'm not, I'm not wasting it on the phone. You don't want to be my friend if I don't talk to you for an hour a day? That's okay. Yeah. I guess I'll have another friend where I won't have any friends. Life is too precious. I, and believe me, I've made many... I don't want to use the word enemies because nobody enemies. There are people that like, are very upset me all the time because I just don't stay on the phone. I don't stay on the phone. And the truth is, lately, I, I, I'm not even attending one, of course. It's not even nice. And I have to work at Abed on the Chavera, you know, which I had to do that. Just I found that it's that I'm getting older. I'm going to spend my whole time on people that just could talk for hours on the phone. It's not, it's, I don't feel that much. I don't feel that there's that much as much time as there used to be. You know, that I have the luxury, even though, of course, you, you should. What he's saying is you should never think like that. Even when you're 20, you have to be, you have to use life in the right way. Not to, not to be afraid to tell somebody. The conversation's over. Bye bye. Bye bye. But but but. Bye bye. I don't like you. I'm sorry. So if you don't like me, I'll, I'll have to get over that. If you don't like me, I'm not. I'm not spending. I'm not spending. I'm not sitting on the phone like this, crazy. I'm not talking about something that's, of course, personally tzchizik and something important. Of course, you do what you have to do with a person. We'll talk about stuff. We'll be born. We'll talk about that more on Matzah Shabbos. But that's, if we, if we look, if we, he says, if we talk to these people who are who are God-fearing people, who have only a short time that they were given to live, that's what they, at least, a piteva they were told. So, we'll see that they have different things. They're feeling different things. They're not thinking about the same things that we're thinking about. It's not so important to them whether it's McCain or Obama, you understand? It's not like a, it's not so important to them. Hamach Their thoughts are different thoughts. Vashi'ifah shalahem and their yearnings, their longings, their aspirations. Hamunachos ach virak binyanam ruchnim are completely, completely of spiritual matters. None of these things. So you'd say, of course, why should they? Why should they be concerned with the, with the who is the election? They're not going to be around for the, you know, it's not going to be around. So they're, they're not affected by the economy. I have to worry about that. That's the biggest hevel on earth. It's all hevel. So you think, well, he's not going to be here. So what does he care about the economy? Because I'm going to be here, and my whole life depends on who's elected president. That's the biggest hevel. It's just that when you when you, when you think that you can live forever, you have time to, to worry about uh, Obama and McCain. Yeah, then you have time to worry about it. Someone just told me a joke today. That, you know the Amshnav Rebbe, right? It's all because I'm like, the Amshnav is a big, 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 big tzaddik. He, he, he keeps Shabbos like Tuesday. You know, you know the Amshnav is Zavayda. So someone told me today that he heard that, that, uh, that the Amshnav Rebbe said today that everybody should go and vote for McCain. Because he said it today. Because <laughs> it's always by him. The Avayda is like, you know. So it's already like a week later that the, the Amshnav just said that we should all go to vote for McCain. It's all Havel Havel. It's all Havel Havel. So it's all Havel Havel. And you think, I saw some number that they, it was like Obama's people spent, I don't know if it's right, but there was a number that they said, some estimate of close to $700 million. Seems to me that a lot of poor people could have been helped with that money. But of course, the feeling was that if, that if he gets elected, then he'll be able to like give out $800 million or something. So all that money and all that time, and everybody knows this, Lacha Havel is all Havel Havel. Posters and pictures and stickers, the Havel Havel, and and that's but that's what it's, that's what it's, that's what we're in. That's what we're in. After Messiahish and that, and when you talk to a person who doesn't have much time left, then you then you get to see what life is. 
That's why it's so important. And that's why, and that's why I told you one of the problems, we spoke about this a lot, one of the problems that we, that, that in, at least in this area, we don't really see so many old people. We don't live so much with old people the way that it used to be. We don't have like that. A lot of, when I grew up there were, in the shul, there were a lot of old people. And in the neighborhood, there were you know, a lot of old people. And if you have this schus to have a grandparent that's living with you, there's some of you that have had that schus to have an older grandparent that's living with you. So there's there's a feeling of mortality. You know, there's a there's a sense of of life not being permanent. But when everything is being with like with young people, and even the grandparents now, Hashem, they're young. So thank God, it's a different door, and the grandparents because now they they get married earlier. It's different. The grandparents are Hashem, young people, and and. Uh, and, and uh, older people now they they go to different places or whatever they and it's not there's something there's something very much that reminder of of that daily reminder of how life life begins to fade is not with us to a large extent the way that it used to be it's a terrible terrible chisar it's a terrible chisar. So it's left up to our voidah. And in, in a person's his voidahness, and, and thinking about it, it's hard, it's not voidah. Because to have the old people is, is, is a constant reminder. It's a constant reminder. And, and the people lived with that. They lived with, they lived with death. In addition to that, because thank God there have been so many advances in medicine, people are able to live much longer. They're also able to be to live not necessarily a good quality of life for many years but they live much longer when I talk to my parents and they tell me what it was like in Europe they were surrounded by death that's just how life was I'm not talking about the Holocaust before the Holocaust in every family there was lulling there was a child that died almost every family there was somebody that died a young person who lived people lived to be 80, 90 you see now in the obituaries people 93, 95 they had such numbers like that. There were very, there were people like that, but for, but there were there was death. My father said that you know, it was it was part of life. Now uh, death is like this unexpected. Like you see sometimes in the, in the Jewish newspapers when it talks about an Adam Godel died, and he was like 98. Says the Torah world is shocked with the Petira, was shocked by the Petira of Cyrus saying to my wife. I, I'm sad, but I, I don't think I'm shocked. It was not like 98 years old. I mean, that's not so shocking. <laughs> the Torah world was shocked by the sudden Petira. I don't know. That's not sudden. 98 is pretty good. I, I'm certainly not shocked. I was davening every day. Should you know? Should make it through that day. I don't know. I wasn't shocked. So say the Torah world is saddened by you know the Petira. That's that's of course Sadi Sadaimu, but. but that's how we are nowadays. They just they just say it's slip, but that's the way people people feel shocked. Shocking that it, the person died. Like death is. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? From nowhere. People are not supposed to die. We have all kinds of medicines for that. People don't die. And it's very. It, and, and the removal of death from our midst has been a very comforting thing. But it's. The, the toll that it's taken is immeasurable because. Life itself is not as valuable as it used to be, as we see. Life itself doesn't mean as much as it used to. 
when a person felt that the Malachim Avis was in the neighborhood, there was a different way to live. And things were, what was important was important, what was silly was silly. And you didn't spend your life thinking about stupid things, about silly things. It's not Kedai. The Malachim Avis is looking in from the window. You don't have time to talk about Narishkei. You have to think about important things. To think about what's the tachas of my life, what's the tire of this world, what could I have in this world, Narishkei. But if you don't see ever Malachim Avis, so then, then you think you have this crazy thing that you that life is just going to go on like that. A person shouldn't wait. God forbid Hashem cracks that happy, uh, phony picture of life that you have from the outside by giving it a clap and cracking it to take away that blissful picture that you have that everything is just fine and dandy and goes on like this forever and that you can lose yourself in this world and forget the Nekudah Hapnimus the inner point of why you're here. It's much better, and we're able to bring ourselves to this clarity and this truth and this reality of the Nekudah Pnimis, of how fleeting life is. We can do that without waiting, God forbid, for something to happen to us. Also, without there being some, God forbid, some decree to, to bring some sickness and service. That would force you or bring you to that feeling. Page I A person should think at least once to sit down and think about this once a week. Try to stop during that time to spend some time thinking. And not just to think, but you by yourself to say the words. Why am I alive? What's the pur- what's the purpose of being alive? But to look into this very seriously, not stop. Serious. Why am I alive? Look deeply into this. Serious. It's clear when you think about this seriously. That the one who created you and the one who gives you life, Kul Harbani is the master of the universe. Who gives life and takes away life every moment. As he's giving life over here, he's taking life someplace else. And there's nothing to Mechaiv him not to, not to do that over here. They're bringing the, those who are not here to life. That's not only something that's going to happen in the future, that happens every moment. That someone comes into life and then, then there's someone that leaves the world. If you think seriously about this and you work on, on this and you misbinding in this, then you begin, like that person who doesn't have much time left that the doctor said, then you begin to think, you begin to remember what the purpose of your life is to search, to look for HaKadosh Baruch to try to connect HaKadosh Baruch He says to himself, the person should say to himself something like this, I know the truth, that the Baruch could, I know that the, the, the Baruch is what I should be focused on, and, and, and that's the Nekudah Pnimis, and that uh, this whole thing is, is, is uh, an island that's mal and that's hiding the truth. 
The problem is, I in any magish I saw. I just don't feel this. Help me to feel this. What can I do with my help me? How can I bring myself to feel this? Not just to know it in my brain, but to feel this every second. moment. That I have to search for the Rabbi That's the tachlis of my life. This is the tayv. And besides this, everything is hevel. Hevel. After that, so you think about this, you talk about this. You try to bring yourself to this feeling of letting go of the world. Letting go of the world is nothing suicidal or crazy. To let go of the whole Messias of this world. You could think for a little bit about the stories that you know of, that you've heard recently. Of, of people who, who suddenly left the world. Stories. And to think for a moment, what would I, how would I react? And what would I feel? What would I be thinking about if I was called into the doctor's office and was told, God forbid, the news that that friend of mine was told yesterday or two weeks ago? What would I be thinking about? What would I be feeling? Because that person never imagined that would be him. He was also saying uh, the, the day before that, I feel so bad I heard that person got so good news. And then, and then it's him. And you think about this in a true and serious way for five minutes straight. Even for five minutes straight, you'll suddenly discover that your, your life takes on a whole different direction. There's a whole different thing of what's important in your life and what you think about. Mm-hmm. You have to do this in a way with patience and slowly, gradually, and do it in it like we saw in the piece. That's when he does it in this from Kaidish. He's describing the picture, the, the tzir, the, uh, of being lowered into the grave, that whole thing. But a person, to do it slowly, Draw it out like you're like you're writing a story, like you're painting a painting. Not just to say, oh, I could die at any moment. No, 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 no. All the protim, all the protim of being of going to the doctor's office for a regular checkup. You went to the office, and then they said, we, we need to. Could, could you come in tomorrow? We'd like to talk to you. And the fear of what's what do you mean? Why do they want to talk to me? For what's going on? And then going into the office, and then you see when you walk that the, that the secretary has a funny look on her face, a little bit like she's looking down. And then you go to the doctor, and the doctor is very, very serious and says, please have a seat. We, you know, we have to talk about something very important. And Yeah. Through Metzaya, the Tziurim, Prote, Prote, slowly. All of those Prote. Again, people in, the, in our society don't, don't like these things. So we're supposed to think of circuses. <laughs> circuses and clowns and flowers and so on. Not that we're supposed to be dwelling on these things, you know, uh, extensively, but at least a few minutes a week, if not more. Slowly, and then what would you do if you leave the doctor's office? How would you begin to look at life? And what would you begin to take care of after you leave the, after you leave the doctor's office? What would you take care of? Would you say that I 
it's really been a long time since others have had more. I really have to say my final goodbye, my last farewell, or or whatever else. You just start to think about you know that argument that I had with my sister. We never really worked it out. That thing that I have with my mom or my dad. I would have worked that out. That's the truth. But that was the truth before you got the dead news. But now you're you're in a place of truth. And the oilum was broken. It fell in the doctor's office. It fell, it fell on the floor. And then you left with the emiss. The truth of what of the Ratzon Hashem and working things out with the Baruch Shalom and the people that you love and the other things. And and, and it's not important to you that you see that on your on your machine it tells you that you have 43 messages. And you just press delete and you take care of life. That's that's you the person has to imagine to think. If you were told these were your last 30 days. I think we'll continue with this next time. Of course, he says that you can't rush this. This has to be very done very carefully and it has to be done quietly. You can't do this and start schmoozing with other people about it. This has to be levad in a very quiet and personal and real way to think about it. You know that that uh, you know the, the famous Moshe um, Moshe You know the, the big. He was a big. He was a yid. A big Oved Hashem. He was a big Oved Hashem. So you know that he he was one of the wealthiest people in Europe, and he was a big financier. They all came to him. The, the whole the Goyim, they needed to borrow money from him. The whole Europe he was paying for. So Moshe Matafi also built the yeshuv and the new yeshuv, the Yushalayim. He built up the whole yeshuv. That's why it's called Yemin Moshe's name. There the windmill. That's all. So they, they, they say they say that Moshe Matafil used to go every night he used to go in his basement he had an urn you know uh, what's a, 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 a casket a coffin whatever he used to go a wooden plain wooden thing the one that he the one that he was eventually buried in and he would and he would put himself on his tachrichen and he would lie down there a little bit this is not recommended for homework right. <laughs> But that he did such a thing, because the whole day long, what was the whole day long? Sir Moses this, and Sir Moses that, and uh, Sir Moses this. And at the end of the day, he says, uh, he spent two, three minutes just to get comfortable, to remember what is it, and to remember who you are. That the whole world might think that you're this, and you're this, and you're that. But the M is who, who you are, what's the tachas of your life. That's that's a way to remember. So we should we should be able to remember, and the memory of that, is something that should lead us more and more on the place to the place of truth, and that place of truth is the Barayelim. And Eisvechadlovim it's a place filled with simcha, filled with joy and happiness for ourselves and for the So we'll continue as Hashem next time.